Go ahead now. Alright, hello everybody. Welcome to the Sports Bay Show with Byron and Eric. Welcome back, Eric, after two weeks hiatus. Yes. The same can be said for me too, right? Right. Let's see. We're... What was it? I did a show, what? What was it, last Monday? Because I couldn't do it Friday or Sunday. That one week you were on vacation. Yeah, yeah, right? it's it's been a bit. It's yeah, it's been a bit, but uh, we're we're back and uh, a lot has happened. A lot has happened. A lot has happened. Well, let's let's say where to begin though. There is a lot. I I you guess you know. What what I mean? Start, we got two amazing guests. We got a former baseball pitcher, Carlos Mirabal, on played. Uh, in Japan for I believe it was 10 years spent a little time here in America too at the end of his career and we got on Lightning Insider Eric Erlinson to talk some Bulls hockey so where do you want to begin before we get into Carlos yeah I, I, th- I think it, you got to start with the Lightning and, and you know making it past the, 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 the Blue Jackets which we couldn't do last year um, I, I thought the series was was well. I mean, we'll talk it talk about it with it with Eric, but um, I, I thought they were going to choke it away there. You know, in the fifth game, you know, giving up three unanswered goals. I was like, you know, I had flashbacks of last year, flashbacks of the year before that, and just you know the the recent years of of the Lightning not being able to move on in the playoffs and. And uh, but no, they they turned it around. Two two really quick goals at the end of the um, third period, and then you know win it in overtime pretty soon. So it, it was exciting. We'll see. Uh, I, has the uh, Phillies Montreal game has that ended? Do we know? I don't think so. Let me let's give it a look. See here. Yeah, because uh, you know if so, then you know we have the, the Flyers, which That's I. Th- that's who determines who we play next, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's the Flyers or Montreal Canadiens. And, uh, you know, the Flyers are up 3-2, and I guess they could be up, have won the series by now. I know the game was going on. Yeah, I know the game was going on. I I heard it. It was like on, on uh, NBC Sports. Yeah, and they were up, Flyers were up 2 nothing early. So the game might still be going on, but they may be up pretty big. So uh, that's going to be a very interesting series. You know, Philly, uh, I, I don't think there's anyone in Tampa Bay. They're, that... they're in the third. Flyers are up 3-2. Three, okay, well, 3-2. So uh, I, I guess I won't speak too soon and say it's the Flyers because that, that may not be the case. But, um, boy, that would be fun to, to play the Flyers and, the, you know, another Tampa Bay-Philadelphia playoff matchup. Um in you know, in all the sports and um And Philly is exciting this year. I didn't think they had that good of a team. Yeah, no, year. they're good they're good. They're they're good. And um we shall see who we play. I I think game one could potentially be Sunday, um, no later than Monday. So You know and that's another reason too why I had him on today. Tonight I asked him for tonight. Because originally I asked him for Sunday night, Eric said, but he told me, I don't know because who knows with the game. So that's why I asked him to come on tonight. Luckily he was able to. 
But right. He didn't know about Sunday, so that's why I was like, "Can you do it tonight?" And he said, "Yep, I can do it." And that's why we have him on. So we'll ask him. Can't wait to talk some bolts with him because, honestly, I heard that all of that game, and I honestly thought we were going to lose. We looked pretty crappy on the defensive end. That our defense has to get better. Agreed. It just didn't seem like we were there. there 24 shots on Bassey in a period. Yeah, and, and I think it's just the intensity as a whole. You go up quickly 2 nothing, and then it just seems like, you know, they let it off the gas, and then they can pick it back up and score two quick goals to get to, get to overtime. Just just have have your foot on the gas. I know it's hard for the whole game, but, but do it for the whole game. It's the playoffs, and... Uh, and I feel bad for Vassy because that game he got they got lucky. That game could have been worse than what it was. If he didn't make those saves that he did, those crucial saves within those twenty four shots that he got, which got that had to be a record in a period, I'd say, wouldn't you? That he got against him. Yeah, I I don't know the record, but yeah, it, you would think it's up there or or could be very very well be yeah. Yeah, no, the game that we would be playing game five, uh, game six right now if it wasn't for Vassy um, and, right. and many of the saves he he had to make. So so yeah, I did I did like though the monkey he got the monkey off his back though Blake Coleman he got his first goal. What'd you think of that? Well, he's I've a been bi- waiting for him to get his goal. He's a big piece. He's a big piece. You 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 gave up a lot to get him. And the reason you got him is to have a parade in downtown Tampa, uh, hoisting the cup. I mean, I mean, same with, yeah, same with Goodrow and um, who was the other? Didn't we get somebody else besides Goodrow and him, or was it just them two? I believe it was just them two. Yeah, I mean Coleman was the the big pickup, um, and yeah, that was, that was a the Goodrow one though was a steal for San Jose, from San Jose. The way he okay. played over there, he was a big part of their championship winning season. Right, right. And we stole him away from because they're in rebuild mode over there. Right, <laughs> right. So I mean, it's going to be an interesting series. I mean, I can't wait to see who we face. Either we face the, um, either we face Philly, who we really don't have a rivalry with. I'd honestly like to see. No, I think I think we kind of. I mean, no, we have more of a rivalry with with, with Montreal. Yeah, we do. I I mean, I, I hate using the R word because it's like those kind those things are kind of overplayed. But I don't know. As a Tampa Bay sports fan, I don't like Philadelphia sports. Um, so I don't either. So I I, I, I look at that as base. more. But yeah, I mean. But then there's Montreal and, and the whole uh, you know you can the whole sister city thing you want uh, in baseball they want to do so it's like yeah you don't like Montreal either, um, so yeah I don't like either. <laughs> I don't like either either. So now we got to get on since we do have our first guest in four minutes. Let's talk a little baseball. Yeah. Well. What yeah. Race. Well. Yeah. Two weeks ago, it, you know, when we had our show two weeks ago. I think they were under 500 or right right there and and I I remember I remember saying it it's you know kind of give it a week and a half two weeks later kind of like right now and it will kind of show who 
is real playoff contenders. And um, I like to say I was right there. Uh, you know, the Rays are playing really good baseball um, despite – to go up to New York and sweep them. We have their number right now. Five and one. Those are the first games New York has lost. Yeah. Has lost. We we have their number, and and both teams are dealing with injuries. I know they just had Torres and Paxton went on a DL, but look, we just lost Liani Torinos um, this year and next year. He's having Tommy John, so that's a big blow. Um, that that's a big blow, a blow. and we lost McKay too. We lost McKay earlier this um, this week, yep. and that scares and me. Shoulder surgery. Don't know about him. Nah, yeah, Honeywell's not. We're not seeing him this year. Um, and then you know, Kittredge is is out, or he's done for the year. Drake yep. and Morton um, sound like they'll come back at some point, but those they're not pitching right now. So there's seven arms we just don't have. Put the yeah, Rays find know, a way to know, make it work. I don't know. If, I don't know if I want to agree with people, but a lot of people are saying this could be Morton's last year. Do you agree with that? Yeah, a lot I do. Of are saying he's the way he's looking this year with how bad he is. I mean, honestly, I don't. I can't say nothing. I haven't really watched much of his games that he's pitched because I've either been working and I've missed them or whatever. But well, a lot I, of people are saying he's looking like a pitcher on his last year do you do you feel the same way yes i do his his velocity is down two three miles an hour um yes i i think this is his last year now with it being a shortened season and i know the rays have an option for next year potential i mean he doesn't go beyond next year i think this is it i i can't see him going through a whole full season next year i i I just don't see it so Look, he's going to give it all he's got, and uh, we do need Charlie Morton to be effective in the playoffs. We we just do. Um, Snell's looking yeah. a lot better. Glass now, I mean, his ERAs doesn't look nice, but I think Glass now figures it out, and his his stuff is just too elite uh, to not be effective. Um, so I, I think we'll be strong pitching still. Um, Look, we can't lose any more of the big arms in the in the bullpen. You, you can't lose. I mean, look, if Anderson goes down, um, that's going to be a crucial that's, blow. Yeah, Alvarado's out down too. I forgot I didn't mention him, but um, Castillo's got to be effective still. Um, but yeah, Anderson, you, you can't lose him. Chaz Rowe, I'd even say Chaz Rowe um, at this point. Yeah. And before we get on to our guest. I gotta rub it in. San Diego throwing in a record. I, Slam Diego. I was gonna say I've never heard of San Diego. I've heard of Slam Diego. Slam Diego. <laughs> yeah, that's what they are. Grand Salamiville. No, yeah, I was gonna definitely bring it up. Yeah. Four games in a row. Grand Salami. You know how the announcer said it best. Don Arcillo and uh, Mudcat, my boys. Your boys. Fox San Diego said it best. A lot has to come into play for that to happen, for that scenario to happen. Absolutely. In all four games. And it's, well, it's the first time it's ever happened. So, yeah. No, they're, they're playing well out there. And, and look, I, I, I've said it. I'm root, rooting for them out mm-hmm. there in, in the West for sure. That Tatis um, is a beast. I told you that. I, I, I wanted that. to. I, I know we, we're about to get our guest on, but I wanted to talk about the whole 3-0 swinging um, and what you thought of that, 
but um, we'll, we'll put that on pause. Uh, we will put that on pause, yes. And we will. you will get to my thoughts on that. So let's get into our first guest, uh, former pitcher of the Nippon Japanese League, and uh, last, I think, I forget what independent ball it was down here, uh, Carlos Marble, Mirabal, former pitcher. Let's get him on. Hello. Hey, Carlos. Hello. What's going on? Welcome to the Sports Bay Show. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Hanging in there, staying safe. I hope you and the family are as well. Everybody's good. Thank God, everybody's good. Same, same. So let's hop right to it. I gotta ask you, my co-host wants to know too, what's it like pitching in Japan compared to over here in the Americas? What's what's so different about it than over here in America? Uh, well, most of it is style. Um, a lot of it is the style of hitting. You know, here, here in America, um, you know, Many guys are just hit home runs. Everybody's just trying to crush the ball. They're trying to hit home runs. They're trying to hit a bar. They're taking swings at 100% effort. Uh, in Japan, you know, their their game style is a little different. So some of the batters will just try to get singles, and then they want to steal second, and then other guys want, you know, other guys drive them in. Um, they're very, very good contact hitters. If I had to compare all the hitters overseas when I played in Taiwan and in Japan I, I pitched against Ichiro when I was over there so everybody's like Ichiro you know huh. they want to hit a single steal second score a run but at the same time if you make a mistake with the pitch they have the power to hit a home run um, so that that's just kind of the difference they, they're very good contact hitters but here in America everybody's just trying to crush the ball Hey, Carlos, this is Eric, co-host of the show. Thanks for joining us, by the way, uh, again. And um, I, I kind of yeah. wanted to ask, um, so it, it, hypothetically, if a, one of the best teams overseas there played a, a Major League Baseball team, how, how do you think like a, maybe like a best-of-seven series would go? Um, you know, I think it would go very well. Um, I, I always tell people, if you take a team from Japan, like one of the better teams, and bring them over here and put them in any division or, or you know, playoff series or something like that type of atmosphere, you know, best four out of seven or, you know, three out of five, whatever you want to do, or even if you put them in the league, like I said, in, mm-hmm. you know, in, the, in a division, like, they would do very well because they're going to play their style of baseball. Right. So what I tell people all the time is just watch the World Baseball Classic. Mm-hmm. You know, Japan always is right there. The Japan national teams are always right there because they're allowed to play their style. They're allowed to pitch the game, you know, that they're accustomed to the style of pitching that they do and the style of hitting that they do. Where now individual talent, you might not be able to bring as many individual guys over here because they just won't adjust to the style of play. Mm. Um, doesn't mean that they can't play here. It's just, you know, here in the United States and Major League Baseball, 
you know, they just want specific measurables for things. They care about the exit velocity, the launch angle, you know, the, all the terminologies that they use. In Japan, they don't do that. I mean, they, mm. they still keep the records of all of those things and the analytics, but they honor the, the, the batter that has the most sacrifice bunts. That's honor to them because that's a team achievement. Here, how many sacrifice, how many sacrifice, sacrifice bunts exist during the course of a season? Where right. in Japan, you know, they're constantly doing that. So if you allow a team to come over here and play their style, where they're gonna, you know, single or walk, they're gonna either steal or get, you know, sacrifice bunts to get over. Um, you know, they just worry about making contact and at any point of anything that they do. Um, their goal is as do it as a team. Um, you see what I'm saying? So yeah. that's the difference between a team from Japan that would play a team from the major leagues here and, and their pitching style. You know, they, they would be allowed to do what they do for pitching where, you know, when you see some of the Japanese pitchers come here, um, not necessarily you, Darvish, or, or Otani, but there's been past Japanese pitchers that have come here and, and wound up in like AAA, but have not got to the major leagues and, and I believe a lot of it is just adjusting to different style mm. of, of what they're looking for so right. who going on off of his question uh, who who, what former major leaguers or current major leaguers did you play against up there when you were in Japan alright uh, so I played I played a little while back uh, 2001 my first year 2000 was my last year. Um, mm. I pitched against Tony Fernandez. Uh, let's see, Alex Cabrera, uh, Jose Fernandez, Scott McLean, uh, Derek May, Benny Agbayani. Oh. Um, I'm trying to think of some. There's so many. There's so. And now in spring training, I would pitch against guys that were in the, in the other league. So we would be like the American League, where we had the uh, PH. And the other ones were the National League. So I, I pitched against uh, Tony Tarasco, um, oh. Hideki Matsui, uh, like I said, the Japanese Ichiro, uh, Dave Nielsen. Um, oh my gosh, there's just so many. I have to look and see. Right. A, you know, Troy Neal, um, George Arias, Randy, uh, Randy Ruiz. Um, I'm just going, I'm trying to think of all the guys. Tuffy Rose is probably. He was probably one of the biggest because he he challenged that I had an old record for home runs during the course of the season. Oh, wow. Um, and he, he also, I think he's number 11 on the home run uh, list in Japan overall for like the history of Japanese baseball. So he's probably one of the biggest uh, superstar players um, ever in Japan. Right. Uh, I bet you against Gabe. Gabe Kapler in spring training when he was with the Immortal Giants. Um, there's so many, so many big league. Tony, uh, Tony Batista. Oh, man, so many, so many different guys. So then I got to ask you this then. A lot of people are saying this. I'm not one of them because I think he should be a certified Hall of Famer regardless. But do you think that like me, that Ichiro should be considered in the Baseball Hall of Fame here in America. Oh, for sure. With, because a lot of people are saying those stats don't compare to what he did over in Japan. 
And I honestly hate people that say that stats are stats and whether or not they come over from a different country or not. Do you agree with that? Well, here's the thing with Ichiro is I absolutely 100% believe he should be in the Hall of Fame here in the United States. Um, you know, when it, I guess when it comes time for him to be able to get the votes, because I believe he just retired, what, last year or the year before? Officially. Right, right. Um, because he came over here to the United States and he, he just took off. He took off. I mean, he got over 2,000 hits here in the United States. Right, yeah, so he's a Hall of Famer already. Yeah, so he has, he definitely has the, the statistics to be in the Hall of Fame. And then here's the most, here's even the other thing that I believe why he should be in, um, or eventually when it's, it's time to get voted in. He did it in a shorter amount of period of time. If he would have came over here when he was, you know, younger right. and not at a later stage in his career, I think he would have more hits than Pete Rose. Um, oh, yeah. I was going to ask you that. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, he's just a machine. He's a hitting He's a hitting machine. And here's the thing that most people don't understand about Ichiro. Ichiro, if you talk to a lot of major league baseball players that played with him, because um, they've seen him a little bit more in batting practice and things like that, to, he actually he actually had a lot of power. He had um, possibly more power than, I would say, 90% of all the Major League Baseball players at the time that he played at the, wow. at the beginning stages. Um, so the last rounds of BP when they do the home runs and stuff, he would always hit those hit balls and, and everybody would just be amazed at how much power he has made. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy. Unreal. So, yes, I absolutely agree. Uh, you know, when his time, I, I believe his time will come soon because he just recently retired. So, I'm not sure how many years they have to wait until they can get voted in. Right, yeah. I think it's, I forget. But, so, given, um, do, do you still follow Major League Baseball uh, today? Oh, absolutely. I, I follow Major League Baseball today. Um, I follow the Japanese. Uh, I follow Taiwan and Korea. Um, part, part of what I do, one of the things I also do is I, I work with the MLB certified agents to try to get players over to Japan. So I'm constantly, you know, constantly just seeing what's going on. I mean, it's been a little tougher this year, obviously, because of the virus situation and, you know, baseball starting a little bit later and there's no minor league baseball and, and things like that. So, no, absolutely. I follow the major leagues. I follow Korea, Japan, and Taiwan. So, uh, so given the whole this short shortened season, and and we're I think we're over a third of the season are done already. Uh, do you see any clear favorite team uh, that you know could potentially win it all this year? You know what? It, I, I I don't I, I wouldn't. You know, if I had to pick one team that I think like right because you know it's a shorter season so it's tough because guys can yeah. get on streaks you know what I mean like the Marlins were on the streaks a little bit Cincinnati you know guys can get streaky and then you know players go down with injuries or virus 
right. uh, situation where they have to be quarantined or things like that. It, you know, you can take a hot team and get cold, but there's the only team I would think, in my opinion, that I, I think can overcome all of that would be the Dodgers. The Dodgers just seem to have everything that they need. Yeah. Even if it was a long season, they have everything they need. Um, like I said, as long, as long as they can stay healthy with the virus and just injuries, I, I think the Dodgers, to me, are the team that would definitely be happy. They would definitely be in the World Series with the so, so, so basically So basically they make the World Series and lose it there, as typical. That, 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 <laughs> yeah, breaks, you know that breaks my heart. That breaks my heart. You were saying. I know, but I think in a shortened season, here's the thing, though, but in a yeah. shortened season like this, I don't think Kershaw is going to break down. True. The World That's a good point. He's going to be at a, he's going to be at the prime of the season because he would always break. You know, he breaks down towards the end of the season, and then getting into the playoffs, he just can't really put it together. But now you're talking 60 games, so you're talking the playoffs are right in the heart of during the season where he would really do well. Right. So I think he, with him being strong and a Mookie Betts, and and what I also yeah. noticed too is that the the Dodgers batters like Seager and Bellinger. Those guys are impressing me lately because I, I watch a lot of, um, you know, I also, I also teach kids baseball, you know, at all levels, and even some professional guys, too. So I really look at the swings, and especially being a former pitcher, you know, I really study the batters and their swings and things like that. And Bellinger and Seager and those, those uh, what is it, Pete Peterson, Pete Peterson, if I pronounce it yeah, right? Jock, yeah, Jock Peterson. Those guys, their hitting styles, when they, you know, when they came up and things like that, is, you know, they, some of them have a couple holes in their swings. You can get them out. They still have home runs, but then for some reason this year, it, to me, it looks like they figured it out. You know, they figured it out. They became better hitters. They covered up the holes. You know, Bellinger, you go to high fastball, he's just going to crush it. Whereas sometimes before he'd pop it up and, you know, you can get, him, get a strikeout or things like that. Now, those guys are the mechanics, they made adjustments, and I, I just, man, you throw Mookie Betts into the mix, and for yeah. some reason, to me, that's the team that I I think is going to be unbeatable. That's good points, so, yeah. So before I, before we let you go here at the show, I got to ask you this. Um, I, I hate to ask this, because I, I know it has to be done. All the national media is talking about it. I hate it because I'm a Padres fan, but it has to be talked yeah. about. The unwritten rules of baseball, I honestly hate them. I think they suck. But what is your take on what happened with Chris Woodward doing what he did, saying that Fernando Tatis should not hit at a 3-0 pitch? That's saying, oh, I give up the game, I give up the game. Give, me, give us the mercy rule. If that's the case, then come up with the mercy rule, right? I mean, I think that well, was BS. Here, here's my take on that. Yeah. If the manager is not comfortable with Patis hitting a 3 0 fastball, you walk him. You don't have to throw a pitch. You see what I'm saying? Walk right. him there. Don't throw the pitch. If a pitch is thrown, a hit to me, as, as a pitcher, if he hits up a home run, <clears throat> well, I'm going to be upset because I guess gave up a home run. But you still got to be smart. It's 3-0. and Why why wouldn't he swing? You see what That's I'm saying? Right. This is yeah. baseball. Right. If you're going to throw pitches 
hitters are going to swing. You, you see what I'm saying? Now, yeah. the manager has a choice. In today's baseball game, you don't even have to throw four pitches to intentionally walk somebody. Right. So if you're going to sit there and get mad at somebody, you should get mad at the pitcher. Don't get yeah. mad at the hitter. Yeah. Right. You get mad at the pitcher. Why is he throwing a 305 ball right down the middle to the hottest hitter in baseball? Right. And expect him not to swing. He's a young kid. He's 21 years old, right? I think he's 21. Yeah, um, Yeah. Yeah, why, why would you expect a 21-year-old to even understand the game of baseball when it comes to these unwritten rules and things like that? So that's the thing I think people need to look at is why, why would a manager or anybody question a 21-year-old swinging at 3-0 when guys are taught to just crush baseballs today? So a pitcher on the mound, and, and if, I, if I'm correct, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the pitcher walked two of the batters to load the base. He did. Yeah, the bow did, so, yes. Yeah, so if you got a guy that's walking people, and then all of a sudden a young kid in Tatis, who's the hottest hitter in baseball, comes up, you go 3-0 on him, and then, and then you get pissed off that he hit a home run? Get pissed off that your pitcher just walked two guys. Yeah. yeah, you know, get, I to, get pissed off that your pitcher didn't get the three out. You, you see yeah. what I mean? Especially in today's game. Today, you can have a 10-run lead, and that thing can change in a yeah. heartbeat. You know, smaller fields, you know, the balls are flying out of everything. Right. You, you could be winning 10-0 in the eighth inning, and next thing you know, it's like a, you know, going into the ninth inning, it could be like a 10-8 game. And, yeah. you know, to me, to me personally, as an athlete, as a baseball player, you, you got to under the pitcher and the manager have to understand baseball. You have a certain amount of outs. If the game is out of control, or, or, I don't even think it was out of control, it was seven nothing or something like that, or I don't even, you know, something. I don't even know what the score was, but right. the thing is, you still got to pitch. You still got to play the game. If if you're going to complain that a guy hits a home run when you have a when you're losing by a lot, then forfeit. Get your field off. Get your field. Get your players off the field, and go home. Yeah. And because if you're in between the lines and you're throwing pitches, you, your hitters are. There's a reason they're holding the bat at home plate. Yeah. You yeah. see what I mean? There's yeah. A reason yeah. for that stuff. You know, unwritten rules. This whole thing with unwritten rules. It's in my in my opinion. If I understand it, because I'm I'm also older, so I'm old school. I get it, but. You got to understand, in, in today's baseball game, there should be no unwritten rules. You know, it's, it's a totally different baseball game. The, the athletes are different. Um, you know, in the older days, it was, you know, there wasn't as many young kids that were getting called up so fast. Right. Um, there was a lot of, you know, older veteran players. So the veteran players were able to teach the young kids, you know, how to be professional how to do things. So that's kind of kind of where unwritten rules came in. It's, it's more for the veterans to kind of help control the younger kids from just being loose cannons on, on all these different things. Because the veterans would take it into their own hands if something happened. But in today's game, there's so many young players. Right. There's not much veteran leadership on teams because teams are so young. So when they're, when you got a lot of young guys like that, you can't expect them to even understand it. And, and managers today... How many managers today really manage games other than looking at so many of the analytics? So right. when you got all these analytics and you got all of these things, you can't have under, you can't have them both. You can't have under rules. You yeah. can't do analytics and have young kids. You, you can't do it. 
So, in my in my opinion, swing away, Tatis, and don't apologize for it. You get up there, you swing a bat, and that's what people want to see. They want to see, right. you know, young players get called up. They want to see excitement. They want to see this stuff. And if a manager doesn't like it, then take that picture out of the game and put somebody else in there. You know, or, right. or walk them like Barry Bonds just walked up the base and floated. Yeah. Then you only give up one run. Then the game's what, eight nothing? And yeah. then you get the next guy out. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I, I believe when, when somebody says things like that, from a team perspective, you, you got to take you got to take responsibility for your own actions. If I'm a pitcher, I give up a home run, grand slam. I don't care what the score is. I'm gonna be upset because I got the grand slam. But I can't expect to throw a fastball right down the middle and the guy not swing at it, no matter what the count is. Yeah. I I wanted so that's to. Kind of my take on it. Yeah. And quick question: Those unwritten rules. Are the, do the are they in Japan? Does Japan follow kind of those that that kind of mantra back when you played, or or not really? No, no, not at interesting. All. Yeah, they they don't they they don't follow. It, you know the thing with Japan is if if there's anything that's kind of disruptive in those situations, it was always done kind of like by the foreign players. You know they don't really okay. charge, charge the bounce. Right. You see you see the foreign players charge the bounce. You know, in Japan, I would say if you want to get a really good idea of what it's like in Japan, watch the movie Mr. Baseball. Okay. That movie, even though it came out in 1990, I believe like two or 1994, somewhere around that, it's still the same. You know what I mean? A guy hits somebody with the ball on the mound, the pitcher will take his hat off. And that's kind of like, I didn't do it on purpose. Interesting. You, you see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. The games end in the tie. Um, you know, you don't see guys sliding into second base taking runners out. Um, those kinds of things. Now, obviously, there might be a little bit of gameplay that changed a little bit since that movie because you get you got a you know a couple more power. You got more power hitters in Japan now that can really hit home runs um, as opposed to before. So. But if you watch that movie, I watch it today, and, and, and it's still the same. You know, it's still the same cultural type of game. Right. You know, so you don't get those unwritten rules over there. Um, because their their thing is you play the game of baseball. You enjoy the game of baseball. That's why you see when they hit home runs, they'll flip bats. That stuff doesn't get the pitchers or early other teams angry because everybody does when you see pitchers strike somebody out, they'll do like fist pumps. You know, like slap, slap their glove and fist pump because they got excited that they struck somebody out. They're not, they don't look at it as like I'm showing the other team, you know, I'm showing the other team what by doing it. They look at it as like I'm excited I just struck somebody out, I'm pumped up, and they, they pump their fist. Huh. And usually the foreign players don't really understand it as much when they first get over there, but then they kind of lighten up to it because they understand that if, if, if they're thrown inside to hit somebody and they tip their hat, they didn't do it on purpose. You know, they didn't... You, you see what I'm saying? So, that's, yeah. that's only an America type of thing. Maybe in some of the Latin countries, you know, they, they might, um, you know, display some of that kind of stuff, but you know if you're playing the game of baseball, you know if somebody hit somebody on purpose where you should be angry. You know if, if somebody did something that they're kind of not... You know what I mean? Like, yes. yeah. You don't. You don't want to try to hurt anybody. 
So you're not going to slide in the second base and try to hurt somebody. But if you see somebody do it, you know it's wrong. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, but that's we awesome. thank you for that input, and definitely we thank you for your time coming on the show. We would love to have you on again sometime in the future if you'd if you'd more more than happy to. No, I appreciate it. I thank you guys very much. Anytime, you know, just send me a message. I'm always around. Perfect. I got awesome. your number. Yeah, we will do that, and we'll have you on again soon. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good night. Stay safe. Thank you. You guys, too. Stay safe. Thank All you. Right, will do. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Take it easy. You, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I got I, I to gotta say... That the was... unwritten rules. This is what you you wanted me to bring it up because I brought up the Padres, so now we can talk about it before we get into Eric Erlinson. Right. Yes. That it's... was interesting. I I I wasn't planning on asking him if Japan has those unwritten rules, um, but but yeah, it's interesting that they really they don't have those and, and um, yeah, that that was that was a, that was a good inter- that was a good good talking um, kind of talking about Japanese and you know, eight, and, you know Korean baseball and I agree with him Tatis did not have to apologize it was stupid why he apologized is ridiculous I don't get yeah I don't get that either like, I, I guess maybe I guess maybe he's apologizing to his manager I guess I don't know because he went up I heard he went up against his own manager his manager didn't want him to swing 3-0 so yeah, so if you have a if you have a team rule where you don't swing three, a lot of teams have that. Okay, you know, he broke a team rule there, but he should not have to apologize for hitting a grand slam. He's the he is the future of baseball, and baseball needs stars. Baseball needs more Mike Trout's. Uh, I'm not gonna say the other guy in Philly. They need more Mike no, Trout. I know, I know who you're talking about, and I agree. I don't want to talk about him either. Most overrated player. Right. So, but they need – we. The baseball needs to market players and, and um, Tatis. Yeah. And I hate it. The national media got all over them for doing that. Got all over it because that's what the national media thrives on. Like when have you ever heard of the Padres besides that moment? Dan Patrick had was all over it. All the sports talk show talk shows were all over it. Colin Cowherd, all the main ones, they had a, a whole freaking segment on it. It's like, oh wow, win the game or win the game or Dan Patrick said it best. Have a mercy rule or whatever if that's what you're going to complain about. Have a mercy rule in baseball. Well, if hopefully you, it. it it's something that doesn't happen again and that conversation is squashed and we move on and people and Tatis are hit is hitting three oh grand slams again. Um, and other players are. So maybe it might be a good thing in the long run because it was it got so much news and it got so much, you know, tweets. I mean on Twitter it was just, you know, that's all it was you know, players were were tweeting out, former players were tweeting out in support. Johnny Bench was tweeting out in support. Uh, Reggie Jackson was tweeting out in support. So hopefully that could, that you know something good came out of it. And um, and look, maybe the Padres now they're playing well and and 
they got so many great stars on that team, and, and maybe a, a team like the Padres now has more national media. Remember what we talked about with Scanlon? Remember what we talked about with Cronenworth? You asked the question, boy, if he don't get rookie of the year, I'll be I'll be amazed. Is he is he really playing that well? Yes. Look at his stats. Look at his stat. Look at his stats. I'm going to bring him up right now to you as well. Okay. You can look through if you want, but his stat. Hitting over 300, he's, he's playing stellar defense. They have yet to put him in a pitching role because they don't need to. They already have tons of pitching. Right. So, um, but yeah, he's he's hitting over 300. I gotta try and get it here. Is he playing shortstop? He's playing all over the place. Oh, is second, he? Second, short when Tatis takes out, gets taken out. Um, yeah, he's, he's all over the place. Third so, base, outfield. Let me ask you this then. I know Tommy Pham's done for the year, right? Yeah, I, I think he is, yes. So, and, and how's Emilio Pagan? He's slowly getting in there. Is he? I mean, he's, yeah. He's, in 65 at best, these are Cronenworth stats. 323, two home runs. Six RBIs, one stolen base, with a 974 OPS. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, we'll see if. He, I mean, obviously he didn't have, he wasn't doing those numbers in the minor leagues. Now the balls are different, so I mean he could. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be an, a plus 900 OPS guy in his major league career, but no, well, but no, he's not. but you and I both did agree though when he was coming up through the race system. Yeah, he's a player to watch. Oh, I said, said that. I've liked the guy when I saw him here in Port Charlotte in Dunedin uh, with the Stone Crabs. I saw him, and I'm like, you, know, you yeah, just watch I him. Yeah, I saw him too. Yeah, he was one of the better players just doing the eye test. Um, so I was disappointed that they got rid of him. But look, if he's on the team with the Rays, I don't know where he's playing right now. Honestly. Right. He's not playing anywhere. No, yeah. because... And he needed a second baseman. Dirks and Profar can play anywhere granted we do have him and we have greg garcia but we needed a true second baseman and right now he's honestly taking that role while jerickson is doing basically outfield because fam's pretty much gone for the year and he can't stay healthy unfortunately that's always been his problem i think that's why the cardinals got rid of him that's why he came to us he could never stay healthy just well, like the Myers. He, was, he was pretty healthy with us. I, I mean, there wasn't any long DL stays of the year and a half he was with us. True, but he still got hurt. I mean, he still needed him. So, yeah, I mean, that trade, you know, we got um, well, we got the rookie and then we got, uh, well, Renfro. Hunter Renfro, who, you know, his average, you know, he has, I think his best days are still ahead of him with the Rays, Hunter. Um, oh, he oh by far. But by he far. he can drive. He I tell you, he can drive some runs in. He's he's still even though he's batting two hundred, he has like fourteen ribbies, and he could he could drive guys in. I told you, I told you when that before that trade went down. Renfro is what is my guy. After Gonzo and all them left, I saw Renfro all the years that he was yeah. coming up through minors just like i saw gonzo he was the player to be and 
Yes, I knew of, of his average, what he was going to do, average-wise, home run-wise. I knew that. It wasn't going to, he was, he's never going to hit over 270, 280 a year. He's, he's just not that guy. Right. But I like the home runs and RBIs that he always gives every single year. And his defense is stellar, too. Yeah, no, he, he can move out there in the, in the corner outfields. Yeah, For he made, it, made a nice play, nice play today. Yeah, no, he's... He it's been, he's been a solid pickup and, and you know he's gotten off slow and then like Jose Martinez has also kind of gotten off slow um, Austin Meadows has also gotten off slow but then Brandon Lau how, can we give him the MVP award right now is is that legal I, I, that's what I'm gonna say I was just going to bring that up but you brought it up already yeah I gotta say he's gotta be the MVP he's gotta be and we said it from the beginning about this guy too when we first got him. That he was going to be a stud coming up with us. We said that from the very beginning. Well, I, I, I don't know. Look, I, I'm, I'm not going to say I thought he'd be a stud. An MVP, MVP caliber stud. I don't think anyone said that. We saw last year. No, he, he's... He, no, once he came up in the major leagues, yeah, he's he showed flashes and he was good. He was good. Um, he's just taking it to a new level right now. And um, there's no slowing down. And um, oh, yeah. Actually, we got Lau's up to plate right now. It's bottom of the ninth, tied. Austin Meadows got uh, Austin Meadows on first. Does Lau hit a walk off home run here? Yes. Oh, you're going to say yes? Yes. So, um, are you ready now? I'm excited for this one. Eric Erlinson, you want to get get ready for him? Let's do it. Let's do it. Lightning Insider, Eric Erlinson. All right, so the Flyers did win. Sweet, so we're going to face them. Awesome. I like that matchup better than Montreal. Please leave your message for. Yeah. All right. Well, unfortunately, he didn't answer. So, yeah, you you said it. So it's just been it's just been announced. So we're going to face the Flyers. So I'm looking forward to that series. Even though I yep. would have liked the rivalry matchup better with Montreal to kick their butts. Anytime we kick Montreal's butt, I'm happy because of um, what's that guy that they have over there? Um, oh yeah, Druin. The crybaby. I oh, love to see yeah. Him when we kick his butt. Right, right. There's such a crybaby over here. <laughs> huh. I forgot. I, I forgot. What was that trade? We, we Did we get Sergachev? Yep. Huh. Yep. Iserman special. How is, how is Jonathan doing? Not so good. Oh, he's not? Nope. Nope. He's, nope. He's never panned out over there in Montreal. He's always been hurt. Yeah, and you cry, baby. That's right, because he, 
I, I kind of said because he was a super young and, and but is he still kind of a well he's I guess Tampa fans he's always a crybaby right once a crybaby oh, always yeah. a cry yeah 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 no that trade yeah. that trade worked out nicely very nicely because we're still well um yeah uh we still got a good key component in there who's uh been off the chains for us i would say Sergeyev. so yeah i mean i'm very happy with it and we don't plan on getting rid of him anytime soon no no so what what are your thoughts here on this series now that we know it's philly and um i don't know when it's starting i I i think first game might be sunday so first game sunday yeah according to eric who I talked to earlier on via email, he said uh, Sunday is the first game. That's why he couldn't be on Sunday. Right. So interesting. Okay. So hopefully we get night games. I I, I was I I mean we kept getting twelve o'clock, three o'clock day games or weekday. I, know. I couldn't I couldn't watch them or hear them. I couldn't. I was working and I still couldn't hear them because I didn't know where to get them. I don't know. I I heard six twenty, but. Why and they're never on six twenty, and no oh, is it, is it what's the AM station um nine twenty I don't listen nine seventy nine seventy yeah yeah so I I mean I don't know what happened there but but we yeah, should get we should it, get night games now especially since it's Philly you know a big market like Philly um and there's less teams now right less games going on so it should be night games from here on out you would think. So, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. No, it, you know, even though the playoffs are different, no crowds are there. I mean, the intensity is still there. And, you know, playoff hockey is, is, is hard to beat. It's hard to beat. It's quarterfinals coming up, right? Well, they don't, I mean, yeah, quarter. Second round. Second round is usually quarterfinals, What's right? Semifinals for. Eastern Conference. I mean, I, I don't know how it depends on how you look at it. Um, there's two more rounds after this. The Eastern Conference. So semi, yeah, semifinals and then the finals. It's the okay. Eastern Conference semifinals. Yeah. I don't know what 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 are you looking for, for this series to happen? What 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 key matchups are you looking for in this series to happen? Because the Flyers have good players now. We can't undercoat. Who they have now? No, yes, you you can't. I I think what it comes down to is, I guess the wild card would be is, is Stamkos play. Um, and wild card. I, yes. I think the answer is no. For game one, I, there's been no reports. But then again, hockey injuries are so secretive that maybe they he's are. maybe he's out running marathons right now we just don't know he's just doing circles he's doing circles in the bubble or something we, we just don't yeah, know right circles yeah, yeah yeah so that would be a wild card that look even with a stam coast list team made up a word there i still think that they win the series um i'll go six games i i, I think they win but it comes down to i think intensity I know that might be cliche, but there's so many times that you know they get off to a quick start, and then it's like, what happened? And they give up two, three goals. I don't think you, as you get further along, they're better teams. You can't do that. You can't make that up. 
No, you can't. No, you and, can't. and you can't with the Flyers. You can't. That you've got. You're playing a, a good enough team now where you can't do that. Well, we just got lucky with Columbus. Columbus has that. Columbus, honestly, I think, honestly had the better team. Honestly, I don't. I'm not going to say better because talent-wise, you get what I'm trying to say, though. Correct. They Wait. Had more, and they had more in, intensity, basically. I thought. But you said Especially, you said better team. I don't mean like talent wise. I meant like intensity wise. Because that game, that game, that last game, they came out blazing because they knew it was Tortorella knew it was win or go home. That they, they had that mentality. At first, the Lightning had that where they went up 2-0, and then they just let the that mentality slip, and then. Penalties, penalties, penalties. Not, I'm not going to. I, I can't blame the officiating. Right. So the officiating was one-sided. Yeah, I think there was. What it was probably what five to one in game five penalties, maybe even six to one. Yeah. So, yes, some of it is the lightning for giving up stupid, you know, penalties. But then, at what point do you bring in the in fish officiating? Because typically, it's pretty leveled off. Right. Yes. It's pretty much. It's not like like that, but it was like that for Game Five. Um. So it'd be interesting seeing how the penalties go. So the Lightning one have to be smarter about things, and then we'll see how the officiating goes. Which I hate to even bring that up, um, because I you, you probably shouldn't have to. Well, but Bobby, Bobby, he's. This is why I like Bobby the Chief, not Bobby the Chief, but uh, Phil Espo. Sorry, Phil Espo. Oh, okay. When he retires, I'm going to miss him because he honestly tells it like it is. I know you've heard his calls. Oh, of and, course. And, and when he found out that whatever his name is, is was refereeing the game, Louis Ball or whatever, the Canadian ref. Right. He was like, oh, God, I hate this. He was like, oh, God. I hate this guy. He's going to screw us over or something. I forget what he said, but he called it like it is. Every call that they made against the Bulls, he was on it. <laughs> and then the play, and then the play that the Lightning did where they were playing, not playing defensively at all and letting Bassey get all the shots, he told it like it is. We're not getting nothing. Uh-uh. They're doing everything wrong. They were doing everything wrong. Like, I mean, I'm going to hate it when he retires. He, right? No, you, 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 there, there will be another. There would not be another um, Phil. No. No, there won't be another Espo. No, there won't be. And Mishkin just goes with it too. It's funny. Wow. Well, yeah. He. Been, yeah. He's. I love it. Uh, you gotta like him. Yeah. I mean. They're homers, but they. Ha I think you kind of in hockey, you you kind of almost want that. Um, yeah. Aspects, especially on the radio. Um, no, it's fun. It's fun listening to them. I, I don't listen to them as much because I was watching it you know, on TV um, or my computer rather. And and um, but yeah, no, they're fun to listen to. We need to we need to win it definitely for Peckham. We do seriously. His final year, we need to. Right, and he called his last. He called his last game, um, you know, on two days yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah. No, two days ago. Was it two days ago? 
Yeah. The days get meshed in. Yeah, two days ago, so. Honestly, I I think Michigan's going to take his place. I really do. And Kaylee's going to take over the radio side as the play-by-play with Espo. Now, who they who who they would get to replace Espo when he retires, I don't know, but right. I just see that ha- I just see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. I think Michigan would be good in Peckham's spot cuz he's good on the radio and he knows his stuff. Right. That's not that's not a bad take. Yeah. Do you think so, or do you see anybody else taking... I, I don't see anyone else right now. I, I couldn't even think of, you know, have a, a hypothesis. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it can't be Paul Kennedy. I can tell you that. He's he's the... He's just the... Whatever it is that the... What Todd Callis and the rest of those guys are. They're just... What, what, would, what would you call them? Pre-game... Yeah, I oh, I can't think of the TV word. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, but either way, it's going to be a good series. I can't wait for it. No, and, I can't. So, uh, per, so before we before we end the show here, uh, prediction on that series. I say six games. Um, what for Lightning? What say you? I'm going to say it goes seven. Who wins it then? Us. Okay. I mean, seven Us games. Seven. Who do you take, see? Go ahead. Sorry. We take it in seven. seven. On game, on, in game seven, yeah. Who do you Four see games. in the other the other game, the other series in the East? Boston or New York? Honestly, I want to see Boston because I just like you. I hate Boston, and I want to. I honestly want to see us play Boston. But right, New York. That'd be an interesting series because we have a relationship with obviously with trading with them, and that's Dolan's team. No, this is the Islanders. Islanders, not. Oh, it's the Islanders. Yeah. Okay, I thought you said Rangers. No, Rangers got knocked out. I I'm rooting for the Islanders. I they're they're my second distant favorite team, distant second favorite team. That's uh, a tough one because. But, but Boston. Barry, Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz gave us fits when he was with the Capitals. But there's no Tuka Rask. True. 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 I do agree with that. But it would be fun. It will be a fun... T- if it was Tampa, Boston, that will be a fun series. You can't argue yes. against that. I think most people want to see that. And, and that I think most people thought it would be Tampa and Boston. Oh yeah, most people did it. Oh, yeah. yeah, by far, by far. We've by said far. we've said that. So yeah, but anytime stay... you face off, anytime you face off against a rat, come on, it's a good series. right. No, you, that's what people want. That Give him series, a piece yeah. Of his own medicine by licking him. Right. Um, <laughs> well, great. I mean, we're we're out of time here, Byron. It was a, it's a good show. Kind of get back to, back in the swing of things. Um, Definitely. Can't wait! Can't wait for this series to start uh, Sunday. We don't have an official time, but but uh, but yeah, let's let's get some hockey going. And you want to know the two guests that I have planned for Saturday? I mean Sunday. Who? Both San Diego guys. Uh, one from ninety-seven-three, the uh, the fan over there, uh, Stephen Woods from the Ben and Woods Show. 
talk some Padres baseball, and we're going to have former Padres catcher Rafi Lopez on as well. Ooh. Sounds sounds like a fun show. Can't wait yeah. for uh, can't wait for it to happen. Can't wait. We'll talk some Padres in debt for sure. Yes. And talk them about the unwritten rules. Yeah. All right, everyone. Have a good night. All right. Have a good night. Everyone.